Hello everyone, uh, before we get into this week's Kent Online podcast proper, um, both Matt and I were so saddened to hear the news about former Margate and Ebbsfleet striker uh, Mike Thalassitis at the weekend. Um, we spoke about Mike on the show when he was doing his TV bits and pieces um, and it was good that he was, he was giving a bit of publicity to the clubs that he was playing for Margate at the time. Um, and it's so, so sad, the news that unfortunately Mike took his own life on Friday um, the tributes that have been played across the county to Mike show that he was more than just a TV personality. He was a, a really nice fella and it is so, so sad um, that he felt there was nowhere for him to turn uh, in making the decision that he made last week. Um, all I really want to say about it is it's OK to talk. It's OK not to be OK, as the hashtag goes on Twitter. Um, and if you do ever need any help and you've been affected by anything of that, please give the Samaritans a call. 116123 is the number because every life matters. Everybody matters. No matter how down you're feeling, you're important. And I hope if Mike would have seen the tributes this week, he would realise that he was a very, very loved man. So RIP Mike and thoughts to all of his friends and family. Anyway, on with the show proper now. Hit the music. Everyone and welcome to this week's episode of Matt Gerrard's Football Roller Coaster, which is also known in some parts as the Kent Non League Podcast. I'm the ever grounded and level headed John Phipps, and as always, on the line now is, is the man whose mood depends on events at Cravel. It's Mr. Matt Gerrard. How are you, Matt? Apart from the obvious high as a kite. Yeah, not too bad. I, I don't know if it was you, John. Has your phone been ringing, ringing off the hook for our uh, sponsorship and voiceover work? Uh, no, it hasn't, I must admit. Um, Bit of a blow, but I have, however, been uh, in conversations with a, a a local business. They're not based in Kent. For a brief conversation with their marketing manager, this week's Kent Only podcast does have a sponsor. Excellent, excellent, excellent. Is this going to change my life? It, well, let's find out. This week's Kent Only podcast is brought to you by the Bay Lodge Guest House in Eastbourne, uh, which is a six-bedroom uh, bed and breakfast uh, on the seafront in the town of Eastbourne. Um, where the owners are, are a delight, uh, really nice people. And uh, apparently if you go direct to them, 01323 903 746, you will get the best prices. Um, so that's what that's what they've told me to say. So we're going to go with that. This, this week's Kent Online Podcast, brought to you by Bay Lodge Guest House. Right, fantastic. For all your Eastbourne needs, please go to the Bay Lodge Guest House. That's, that's it. That's the sort of thing that we can do for you, yeah. So, yeah, if you, the rooms are very reasonably priced. They're, they're lovely rooms as well. Um, lovely sea views from two of them. Um, it's, and the breakfast is, is out of this world as well. So uh, Bay Lodge Guest House in Eastbourne have sponsored this week's Kent Only podcast. So that's very good, isn't it? We, we want to sponsor next week. So even if it's, you know, if we can come to some sort of negotiation. But if you do want to sponsor next week's show, please contact us and we'll give you a mention. So uh, whatever business you have or whatever, you might want to say happy birthday to somebody. They can be the sponsor of the Ken Nunley podcast. Yes, indeed. And and even you hear that there, listen to that voiceover material as well. Matt Gerard is made for voiceover. So if you would like any uh, any voiceovers, if you'd like someone to talk over anything, um, he's he's your man. He, he really is your man. Yeah, I'm, I'm keen for that. I'm keen for that. Yeah, I think this, you know, we love the Ken Nunley podcast, but uh, any possibilities can come from this yeah. that I can be your voiceover man for the Ken Nunley podcast. I'll be please get in contact with us. But I think we can do this to be the future, John. And if anyone else to send us something to try something out, I don't know the latest packet of Kent crisps or something like that. Yes. which we can uh, we can we're, we're after basically we're after freebies here. Yeah. If you've got anything to send for us, we can test it out live on the pod as well. So um, from that point of view, we're, we're just sort of branching out. It's coming to the end of the season, John. We can um, sort of do this sort of thing now. I think so. Yeah. Anything you want to send to us to test or whatever. With a thing, because the Kent Only podcast sponsored by the whatever, yeah, brilliant. You're supposed to, you're supposed to no, you should have, you should have said the right. your guest house. Then let's right. do that again. Go on then, keep that in though. Right, here we go. But of course, anything like this week's Kent Only podcast, like this week's Kent Only podcast sponsored by the Bay Lodge Guest House. That's it. Right, brilliant. Okay. I'm going to throw it in through the pod and see if you do that. 
brilliant. Okay, I should keep uh, I should keep my ears out. Anyway, uh, a couple of weeks ago, you may remember we had a conversation about who's the most famous person um, who lives in Eastbourne. Uh, Matt sent me a couple of actresses uh, that he that he'd found. One of them I, I vaguely knew. The other one I wasn't familiar with in the slightest. Um, however, I have been out and about on the main streets of Eastbourne looking for celebrities. And do you know what happened yesterday, Matt? I found two live oh, ones. Really? Yeah. Uh, these people that I'm going to go, like your pop, pop groups I've never heard of, I'm going to go, oh, I know them. I've heard. You're going to be impressed. So we were yesterday we were walking along the pier. I'm guessing, give me some clip, give me some clips, and I'll uh, see if I can guess who you sort of was. Uh, right, so they're, they're two uh, they're two separate people, but they were together. However, I, I think you should separate them because um, they, they you would never put the two together. You wouldn't think, oh, well, if you saw her, you must have seen her as well, okay? But one of, them, one of them is one-fifth of a huge girl band. Right. And the other one is a model. Uh, I think she may have been an actress at some point. She's certainly been a TV presenter. And she used to go out with George Clooney. Oh, Mariana Fostrup? No. Oh, I'd like to have a voice on that. Oh, I've got to, the girl band. It must be one of the Spice Girls, is it? No, the other ones. Uh, All Saints? No. There's only three of them, isn't it? Five. Big massive uh, little mix. No. <laughs> girl band, five members. Yep. Oh, um, no, that's not that's one. The girl band was it? I was going to say. Um, I was like, no, no, I've, well, I failed miserably at this one. Anything else you can give us? Talk one out with George Clooney. Uh, I thought it was Mary Phyllis. No, basically, on my. Uh, I've failed miserably badly there. No, I don't know who. Oh, I'm, 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 they've both done Strictly, I believe, in fact. Yeah, that both of these girls have done Strictly Come Dancing. Does that help you in any way, shape or form? Mm -hmm. uh, did one of them win it? Uh, one of them came third in 2000 and... In the sixth series, whatever year that was. Uh, one of them was third. No, still, still, you know, my yeah. knowledge is pretty poor, John, so, so the, well, the you've built this up and I've ruined this bit, haven't I? Yeah, absolutely. But yeah, the, tell me who they are. The two mystery girls are Lisa Snowden. Uh, I do know, yeah, short hair woman, yep. And Kimberly yeah. Walsh from Girls Aloud. Do they live in Eastbourne? No, Kimberly, no, they, they, Oh, she's Kimberly Walsh. If, she, if you'd have said she was in the Horrid Henry film, I'd have got that. How she's in the Horrid Henry film and I've watched that about 3,000 times. I don't I'm know, you could have Googled it and said, oh, she was in a horror demo. Oh, sorry. So, oh. Oh, she, 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 yeah, she's, uh, she was, what group was she in then? Girls Aloud. Girls Aloud. Yeah. And she was just wandering the streets of Eastbourne? Well, no, this is the thing, that we, we saw a film crew on the pier, and it seemed that they were filming some sort of, um, like, competition for, like, this morning, because we just heard Lisa Snowden repeatedly saying into the, uh, into the camera, find out how to make your dreams come true. So they were, and they were both standing there grinning on the pier. So, um, right. yeah, a couple of bona fide celebrities. You couldn't guess either of them, but they are genuinely bona fide celebrities. That, that is excellent. Um, I'm still hoping for somebody who lives in Eastbourne, but we'll take that. And I'm interested, as the summer goes on, will you see more celebrities wandering on the pier? Well, you never know. You, it could be. A, it's quite a big pit, isn't it? Yeah. So yeah, yeah excellent. It is. And as per the message I sent you last night, um, you did tell me to watch the, la the to go and watch the last bit of cheat to tell you which pier it was. Well, no, I watched the whole series, um, but it was Worthing Pier rather than Eastbourne Pier. I, I thought it was it was a nice pier, um, and yeah, I thought it was Eastbourne, but it wasn't Worthing. So, did you know that straight away, or did you say, "Oh, I know where that is"? As soon as I saw it, I knew because I've actually been there, and it was on another TV program. And uh, and that inspired me to look for it and try and work out where it was. And it actually inspired me to go to Worthing for a day as well. So, um, nice pier, nice town. I've been to the football ground. That's basically my life revolves around going to football grounds from that point of view. But more, more, did you, more importantly, what did you think of Cheat? Yeah, I thought it was very good. Um, I, I saw some people saying, oh, there should be a second series. But there absolutely cannot be a second series. That was it. That was the end. Deal with it. But I thought it was uh, really well acted, really well written. Um, and yeah, we, we, we really, really enjoyed it. I thought you might want to 
beat this out. The bloke who got killed, he never watched it, he's been pretty pointless, was Billy Cock. Yeah. In more than one, more ways yeah. than one. <laughs> yeah, exactly, yes. You have to watch that, find out. Yeah. yeah. But apart from that, nothing else I've been watching. Uh, 24 hours in police custody is not my lifestyle. It's a program on Channel 4, which I would recommend. It's very interesting if you're into that sort of how police, police things work. Okay, excellent. I'll, I'll add that to the list. Anyway, it's our 76th episode this week, uh, which is 76 is the name of a waterfall in Clinton County in Kentucky, uh, which is along Indian Creek, apparently. Um, it's also the name of the debut album by Armin Van Buren, who was born in 1976, and he later went on to mine the UK success with a song called This Is What It Feels Like, alongside a man who has the least rock and roll name I can think of. His name is Trevor Guthrie. That makes you think of the of the pop of the pop charts. Someone called Trevor Guthrie, doesn't it? You? Was that sort of like a, a dance mix? That Armin Van Elman, what his name was? Armin Van Buren, I think so. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I remember Arnold Buren. Yeah. The old football. He was a quality player. Arnold. Yeah. Don't get many Arnolds these days, do you? No. He's not Arnold. Being called Arnold. Oh, same, Arnold, same Dutch thing. Move on. I've had a nightmare with these opening 10 minutes. Same Dutch thing. Brilliant. If you're looking for Matt Gerard to pronounce some foreign names for you, do please do recall. It'd, it'd be fantastic, on it? Anyway, um, obviously the big story this week uh, in Kendall League football is the FA Vars uh, semi-final, which is evenly poised at 1-0 to Cray Valley PM after Sunday's first leg. By all accounts, it was a, it was a very cagey game. Kansas City were probably slightly disappointed to come out of that game on the wrong end of of a defeat and we had both managers in our Radio Kent show on Monday night and uh, it didn't particularly either of them make too many comments but uh, Ben Smith seems to be of the impression that Cray Valley won't sit back on their 1-0 win and 1-0 and, uh, lead and they'll, they'll go for it on Sunday Saturday Yeah I think um, that seems to be the case he was quite, pretty confident Ben that they, you know he'd seen enough in the um first game that he can hurt them particularly when they're at home um, which we know Craig Valley's away form is absolutely superb I think 13 wins out of 15 uh, and we were speaking to the Corinthian manager as well Mike Golding and he was there and he said that it may be better for Craig to play away from home when they can use their expansive football the pitch will be better at Faversham than it will be at Craig Valley so I think it's, a, it's an open tie you know, it's always you know, the next goal in this tie is going to be absolutely crucial. We'll probably get two up. It's going to be difficult, I think, for Canterbury. But if Canterbury draw them level in front of what I'm sure is going to be a decent crowd, it's going to be a, a, an interesting affair. But both managers pretty coy about it. But Ben was giving away a bit more than I thought than uh, Kevin was on, uh, on Monday night when we had him on. Yeah, if you do want to listen to that show again, um, it was a, a really interesting list for, for fans of the Southern Counties East League and Kent Football in general. And you can find that on the uh, BBC Sounds app or the iPlayer, or I did tweet it out myself from my own account uh, on Tuesday. Um, but yeah, I, I, it was it was fascinating to, to chat to them both. And, and it seems, you know, when we lined up that show with them both coming on, the worst nightmare was that the tie could be virtually over, but it's so evenly poised going into Saturday's uh, second leg at Salters Lane. And Canterbury have launched Project 1000. They want to get 1,000 people through the gates. Uh, they did quite well in the in the previous show and crowd-wise, and it, it, the fixtures have worked out all right for them, a lot of teams away from home. So if you are at a loose end on Saturday, like if you were a Dover fan perhaps and international call-ups have ruined your weekend, I would suggest that you get yourself down to Salters Lane because it's going to be a great day for Kemp football. Yeah, I think it's a, it's a fantastic day. I'm sure they can easily get over a thousand. A lot of people are quite interested in it. I think from uh, uh, if they're going locally, um, Bay Whitstable sort of way, Faversham, and I say a lot of Dover fans, a few Dover fans I know, are going down to it. It's going to be a really interesting game, and we're guaranteed this time next week to be talking about one of our sides in the uh, in the FA Vars final, which is absolutely a fantastic achievement. So um, we've both got opposite reviews of how this is going to go, don't we, John? So um, yeah. we'll, uh, we'll, we'll we'll mention that next week on the pod, who we think we're going to get through. But uh, yeah, it should be a really interesting game. I'm doing the game for Radio Kent, so uh, we'll make sure we get plenty of bits and bobs next week for the, for the pod as well. Well, we, we were promised, by the way, Matt, I haven't told you this uh, off the air, but we've got full access to the dressing room at Wembley if Canterbury get through. Um, so, you know, that's 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 quite good to know, isn't it? Well, that is, yes, that is very interesting. So, um, yeah, again, may the best team win, but it should be a really interesting uh, afternoon. I don't know what the weather's like this weekend. Hopefully it's not as windy as last week and we can have a, you know, the, the elements won't, won't ruin the game, but it should be a cracking one because I think the elements ruined it a little bit on... Um, on Sunday with the weather, but um, yeah, both sides pretty confident, so a very open tie there. 
yeah, and obviously the, the the winners of the of the tie will play um, Northwich Victoria or Chertsey Town in the final at Wembley Stadium in May. Uh, the first leg of that game was actually postponed, so it's all been shifted back a week. Uh, and it's Northwich against Chertsey Town on Sunday uh, is the, is the first leg at Northwich, and the return game is on Saturday the thirtieth. Um, when uh, Chelsea Town will host Northridge, Northridge Victoria. So uh, whoever does get through will certainly get the opportunity to have a look at the, at the opposition before, they, before the final tie, which is going to be played, uh, as we say, at Wembley Stadium in May. Um, and uh, yeah, it is a great opportunity, you know, to, to sit here and say that there's a chance that well, a Kent team will go to Wembley and there's a, a showdown at Salters Lane. Um, I can't make it there, unfortunately, on Saturday. I really wish I could. Um, because it was going to be a, a fantastic day. And um, whatever happens, I think both teams have got so much to be proud of of the run they've been on in this competition. Yeah, I think, you know, when we, you know, we do start doing the pods and the, the, the FA Vars is in preliminary round 56 before it actually gets anywhere. You think it's a long way to the final. So absolutely respect for these teams getting this far. One of them's going to be disappointed, of, of course, of getting so close and, and yet so far, but one of them's going to be delighted. And yeah, it, it's a good day for Kent non-league football. It's seen another side at Wembley for the second consecutive year. There'll be a Kent side at Wembley in, in, the, in the showpiece finals, which is a fantastic achievement. It certainly is. And talking of uh, semi-finals involving Kent clubs on Tuesday night, it was the Kent Senior Cup semi-finals. And we now know that Maidstone, United and Bromley will be meeting in the final uh, at a date and a venue to be confirmed. Um, Maidstone beat Gillingham 4-2 on penalties after a 2-2 draw. Uh, it wasn't a full-strength Gillingham side, but there certainly were some players in there um, from that side. While Bromley, a, a fairly strong Bromley side, beat Tunbridge Angels 1-0. So um, set up for a good final, I'd say, there between two National League teams. Yeah, I don't know if they'll, when they'll play it, either on a bank holiday Monday or in the week up to the season from that. I presume Dartford will be the obvious choice unless FA want to play it at Maystone like they did last year. Um, okay, I don't know how popular the game will be, but it's a bit of silverware. Maystone looking to retain the trophy, of course, after they beat Folkestone last year on penalties. Good record in their competition there. Um, Maystone winning on penalties. Well, probably have had a, a good season, I'm sure, Neil. Smith, as we do know, and we'll be delighted to, to get to the final as well and try and bring some silver. I don't know if they're still in the London Senior Cup or anything like that. I presume they go in there as well. I assume so, but that, yeah, I mean, as you say, it's been a season of, of what ifs, I suppose, for Bromley. Sitting 13th in the league table, they're not going to go up, they're not going to go down, but it's a chance to get to get a bit more silver. It's had the marvellous run in the trophy last year, and this year the Kent Senior Cup. It may not have been what Neil Smith would have set out to do at the start of the season, but it's, a, it's an opportunity, isn't it? Yeah, I think they got to the first round of the cup and they've got unfortunate drawing against Peterborough at that time we were in decent form. So, yeah, another good season. Yeah, I think um, we'll probably go and get Neil Smith on before the end of the season and see what his views are of the season. So, there was rumours he was under pressure early part of the season when they were going well, but he's turned it around. A little bit of inconsistency. I think there's a few injuries as well. Haven't but again, they're building for the future and I think he's been a lot of their players in the summer. I'm sure they'll go well. But yeah, have they underachieved this season? Probably maybe a little bit. You're listening to the Kent Non-League Podcast brought to you this week by Bay Lodge Guesthouse in Eastbourne. Um, we're going to move on now to the National League where, as I've already said, Matt Gerrard does have a roller coaster of emotions. And uh, again, as always, I can't repeat most of the words that he said to me in the text after the winning goal. Um, but uh, Anthony Jeffries' cross seems to have reignited Dover's survival bid, Matthew. Yes, 2-1 um, win against Halifax on Saturday. Um, we played pretty well. Uh, um, Pavey scored, which is good. He's playing well up front. Um, I think that's the future for Dover to go to. Jay Reason set him up. Then Anthony Jeffrey, who I've been pretty critical of about, who, who, who beats the mat. He's quick as the wind, can beat anybody for pace. Then gets to the final third and then basically crosses into the defender. But this time, his cross was that good, John. It actually went in the back of the net. And clearly he didn't mean it, but it gave Dover a bit of breathing space because then Halifax came into the game. It's very windy at Crabble. Um, and they used the wind pretty well, to be honest, lumping up to, to big, two big fellas. But uh, Dover really held on, didn't really create too much after the goal when, when Brundle and Morgan got in a bit of um, muddle and they headed it in. But yeah, it's, you know the results went their way as well. Five points clear with eight games to go now. Um, some people say and that's, it's all over, but no, I still think it's a long way to go. But it's, it's a big three points and five points from eight games, um, 43 points. Um, you still don't think it'll be 50. I still think 50, you need to get over 50. So, yeah, but it's a win. And that's all you can ask, isn't it, this time of the season. 
I think with 13 teams having less than 50 points at this stage of the season, there's absolutely no chance that someone will be relegated with 50 points or more. But you are adamant that that is the case, so we shall find out uh, in seven games' time. Um, just looking at the league tables, well, Braintree can be relegated this week, Matt. Um, should they lose? They played Bromley at the weekend. Uh, should they lose that game and Maidenhead, Borehamwood and Dover on Tuesday will pick up a point, then Braintree will be relegated. So um, that could be could be the end for them, and, and they probably um, they've deserved that. Um, but st- sticking on on Dover, really, while we're talking about them, two uh, one win as you say on 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 Saturday, it's, it's, it's given them that chance. But then they've got Saturday off because of international call ups. You told me now. Given that what you've been saying about the, the players' form for most of this season, I'm surprised that three of them have got international calls. Yeah, Ricky Modest, I think he's with, uh, I don't know, Guyana is Jeffrey and Cadell Daniel, so they go off together. And I don't know who Modest plays for. Grenada, didn't we? Decide? Grenada. So, yeah, Modest has been away before, so I think he's a seasoned international. Um, Daniel and Jeffrey occasionally go and do it for, from that point of view. But, yeah, I, I don't know what competition they're playing in but they've probably gone to uh, sunnier climbs than uh, that we have but good luck to them um, Jeffrey probably may play Tuesday Modesto may be on the bench and I'll be surprised if Cadell Daniel isn't chipped off to Margate back on loan to be honest but um, it's worked in Dover's favour because of course the big game on that is made them play Havant on Tuesday as well which is another big game so at least we know that um, we'll, play, we'll play at the same time so we can keep an eye on that one well, I think Stan Guyana are 177th in the world uh just in between Bermuda and Dominica in the uh, right. in the world rankings, with 951 points on these most pointless of uh, of rankings. That, that well, I'm hoping that Anthony Jeffrey maybe uh, you know his crossing can be a little bit better, um, but than that, so um, I'm sure, yeah, I'm sure he'll do well. Um, I think Adele Daniel actually scored the last time he played over there, so um, but, yeah, Anthony Jeffrey will like the wind, but he needs to work on his crossing. But well, apart from it, when he goes in. The wind helped him with his crossing on Saturday, didn't it? Well, not normally. If a defender actually stood in the way, like normally does, it'd have easily cleared it away. But I'm not that I'm complaining of a, of a goal from a corner, but um, it did make me chuckle as I slated his, the majority of his crossing. The one cross that wasn't particularly great actually went in. So uh, it did make me laugh. Yeah. Um, elsewhere on Saturday, it was Epsfit United 2, Borenwood 3, which is a result that also obviously helped Dover Athletic out. And Wrexham beat Maidstone by one goal to nil. And Maidstone also obviously are deep in this relegation battle and they too uh, aren't too far away from their relegation uh, probably being confirmed. I mean, they are uh, 14 points from safety. They do have eight games left as opposed to Braintree, uh, who have seven. Um, but it's going to take something very, very special for the Stones to, to turn this around, isn't it? Yeah, some people say that the bottom three are gone as well as Braintree all the shot and now a main stone from that. But it's still, you know, somehow Maidstone... Don't score many goals, do they? Um, you know, apparently the performance at Wrexham was pretty good. But they'll be disappointed with the goal they conceded. Um, yeah, uh, yeah, I'll be surprised if Maystone get out of it. But they're building for the future for next season. But I think they just want to end this season as, as, much, as quickly as they can. It hasn't been the greatest season, but John Stills a man to turn it around. Uh, but it's going to be a tough division next year as well. And talking about Braintree, it could be a double blow for Braintree if they do get relegated. The rumour is that they, they could go back to Conference North, which I think they had a couple of seasons in as well. So I would have thought when they look at look back, because they, they surprised everybody last year by getting promoted from Conference South. They probably, even the chairman said it was probably a year to, or so too early. They've gone up with a double whammy that you could be going to play um, the likes of Darlington away and things like that, which is a bit of a trek from Braintree. That is astonishing. Especially, I was told, I was having this conversation with someone the other day, actually, and apparently both Oxford and Gloucester um, have some sort of protection, which means they can't be moved if from, from the south because they've been told if you, if you switch, you get three years of staying in the same league, apparently. Oh, really? Interesting. Yeah. So, um, so who, Braintree will definitely go then. Who else will go then? Because if four southern sides go down... Um, <laughs> I don't know how they're going to do it. Who else is it quite northern then? Hemel Hempstead, I suppose they're on the M1. They could be a miss right. out. <laughs> Delightful going out of the north. Clearly, it's not a prize uh, to go to conference. A, I think it's probably a, a tougher division, and B, it's motorway nightmares. Oh, that I mean, that would be astonishing for for Braintree if they were to be in that situation because that is a ridiculous amount of travelling. I'm just seeing if there's anyone else they could move, but it doesn't. Um, 
look that promising from that point of view. Um, I suppose it might also depend who comes up as well, Matt, into into that that level because there might be a team sort of on the on the boundaries who could possibly um, be shifted over. Um, this weekend as well, Matt, Maidstone United um, against Ebbsfleet, big derby game. Um, you say Maidstone want the season to come to an end, but they'd love to get three points against their pretty fierce rivals. They'll, they'll still hark back to that day in 2016, won't they, where Maidstone won promotion at Ebbsfleet? Yeah, a few Ebbsfleet fans I think would love to knock another nail in Maidstone's coffin. I think uh, the revenge from that. I think Ebbsfleet have got a decent record against Maidstone. I think they did a double over them last year. I think there was a draw earlier in the season, wasn't it? So I don't think Maidstone have beaten them since from that point of view. It should be a decent crowd. Still going to be tight for Ebbsfleet to get into the playoffs, but you never know. Gary Hill's such a good motivator, he might be able to do it. And he's done a really good job there. I know they had a, a winding up petition, didn't they, this week in the, in the High Court? The more thing has gone from Bolton having issues from that, but uh, I'm not aware that any issues have come from that. And it's gone pretty quiet from the Ebbsfleet one. Yeah, indeed. Um, also, next week, so obviously with the game being off on Saturday, on Tuesday night, it is now Dagenham and Redbridge against Dover, uh, while Ebbsfleet try again and go to Halifax. So a couple of games there. Obviously, Dagenham, um, they're going to be a tough side. And Connor Wilkinson, who people will know from Jills, is banging in the goals for them, isn't he? Yeah, I think I've worked Jason Burns, who, who asked me how many times we played Dagenham. I think I've been to Dagenham six times and never seen Dover score once and lose all six. So it's it's not a happy hunting ground for Dover and not a happy hunting ground for me. So I'll be at the game. Um, yeah, we, we owe Dagenham one, to be honest. We don't normally beat Dagenham. The last season we did when Pinnock scored a goal at home, but Dagenham had all sorts of problems then. But yeah, we, we owe Dagenham one. So. But again, from this point of view, I'll take a point now, John. Yeah, of course you would. Um, according to the uh, projections, by the way, it does say Gloucester and Oxford will move. So I don't know if that is, uh, is going to be the case or not, but... Uh, They've both been in there, haven't they? The yeah. Conference so um, it, it may be a case that that, that happens again, but otherwise um, there'll be team Blythe Spartans and Darlington awaiting oh, teams down in the south. That is certainly a couple of treks. Also looking like uh, instead of Weymouth and Metropolitan Police could be coming up. Uh, into the National League South, which we'll talk about the National League South now, where uh, a good weekend for people who aren't massive fans of Woking, as Woking drew 3-3 at Welling, um, despite Welling being 2-0 and 3-1 up, uh, and Darkers lost 2-0 at Torquay, so the league is actually back in Torquay's hands at the moment, Matt, which um, I know we're a Kent non-league podcast, but you're obviously delighted about that. Come on, come on, Torquay, yes. Uh, Woking always seems to score in the last minute in game, so when I check my phone and stamp my hand on my leg, going. As, I, as you do when I see them, yeah. Hopefully, Torquay, they've got to play each other. It's all tickets, so that'll be a massive game from there. I, I think Torquay can do it 2 0, and they were down to 10 men early on in that game, disappointing for Darford, but probably shows that Torquay are a different level because Darford have beaten Woking twice, of course. I think that Torquay are, are the better side, and hopefully, go on win the league. Welling will be bitterly disappointed. They know what they've got in their locker to do games. Steve King wasn't particularly happy with the, the referee's performance in that game, but. They're both, they should both be still on for the playoffs, I think, from that point of view. There's a bit of a gap there. I know Concord are coming up, and if Concord didn't have points deducted for feeling an illegible player, they'd be in there. But um, it's going to go to the wire, that one as well. It's quite exciting, I think, that division. It's very exciting. Um, Wellingham have got 61 points in a fourth. Um, Dartford's 59 points and in sixth place. The Wings are on a pretty decent unbeaten run as well. Um, and then you've got Billericay on 58 in the last of the playoff places and Concord Rangers are on 55. And as you say, if they hadn't had those three points deducted, they would be right in the mix. But uh, what, seven games to go in that division, so it's going to be an interesting finale and we'll be keeping close eye on that this weekend in that league. Darford are at home to Hampton Richmond while Welling go to bottom of the table, Western Supermare. So you might think that both those teams should be in good shape. Hampton Richmond down in 16th after almost going up last year. So um, interesting to see uh, how that will pan out. Into the Bostic League, um, we're going to start in the South East Division this week, because we do actually have an interview for you. It's not just us prattling on. Um, after a, a decent week, well, earning a 2-2 draw at Hyde with just nine men, um, and selling a player to Crystal Palace, I thought it was a good chance to catch up with Nick Davis. Uh, we last spoke to the Ramsgate manager just before he took over the club in, in December, and uh, it was nice to catch up with him and see how things are going. Uh, we started, of John, course, this interview sponsored by uh, the Bay Lodge Guesthouse, mate. Um, we started, of course, by discussing that game on Saturday at Reachfields. Point with nine men, that's never a, a bad thing, is it? No, it wasn't. And, I'm, you know, after the game, I was feel like a win. Um, 
but um, just absolutely delighted really with the character and togetherness that we showed um, during the game and got a deserved point in my opinion um, we went down to 10 men I think it was 20 minutes on the clock we, you know please look at the video yourself and and have your own opinions on it but it was very harsh to say the least two yellows for Rob uh, Saunders who evidently I think scored the own goal as well so he didn't have the best of starts the game um, and then it was a bit of an uphill task from there on but men for 65 minutes or whatever it was um, we, were, we were I think we were the better side and we you know we, we, we created chances still in the formation we had to take Nigel Needs off and make his debut against his former club just to um, adjust the formation to go 4-1 um, and then the, the blow of Kane Rowland being sent off with to be about 12 or 4 minutes left of the game. Um, again, you can see it on the video, it's very harsh. He doesn't touch the, the player in question, he gets a straight red card. Um, so, yeah, I mean, from then, from, from then onwards, with, with nine men, we went 4-4 four, four, with no, no forward. We uh, for the simple fact that they were trying to create overloads in the wider areas, so we had to try and keep that shape, and we we held on. And then we had a couple of chances near the end, but we we were outstanding, absolutely outstanding, and it was um, you know real show real character and determination, and it really felt like a win after. It's been about three months since you uh, took over at Ramsgate. How's it been? Yeah, it's. Um, it's it's been it's been good it's been good it's um um yeah I think it's fifteen sixteen games now I've been there it's it's been a stop start with the fact that there's only a game one game a week um, and at this level we've been used to you know Saturday Tuesday Saturday Tuesday so like I said to the to the lads if you win a game you can enjoy it for the week but if you lose or you know you don't you've got you've got well on it as well for for you know trying anything else. So it's so important that we give everything within the game because you'll you'll win such a long time for the for the next one. And it's very difficult to get some momentum. You know, um, I think it's shown that we've been hard to beat, but we've drawn too many games. But we're unbeaten at home since my first game against Ashford on the fifteenth of December. So that's six at home I've beaten. So that sort of takes care of itself. The, the home record is just that we need to you know to look at their away form um, and just, just winning more games really we've been hard to beat and we've, we've been quite solid throughout really um, but it's, it's going to take time and, um, and, and I think I'll, I'll, you know, I'm confident we'll get there That's the thing I mean we, we were chatting before we started recording and I said to you hadn't won in six you said well no it's, it's only one defeat in five though and, and drawing too many games is, is always going to be a problem isn't it? Yeah that's right Yeah, sometimes it's better to, to lose a couple isn't it than win one and then, uh, you know, and then they'll draw the, you know, preferable to draw two. You know, you're only getting the, the two points. But um, first of all, you've got to be hard to beat, I believe. You know, and then and hopefully we just got to cut out some of the mistakes that we've made recently. And we've gifted some points to some teams. Um, Three Bridges being one, Seven Oaks another. And that's individual area. Um, you can't account for um, the players don't mean to do it it's just yeah, um, going forward but there's a, there's a real good group of players there um, and hopefully if I can keep the majority of those next year and I've already got targets in place um, for, for next season then there's no reason why we can't compete not in the top 10 but hopefully in the top 5 and that's certainly the plan Obviously, one player who's left you is, is Jacob Mensah, who's gone to Crystal Palace. Uh, what a fantastic move that is for him. Most definitely, yeah, most definitely. I mean, he was at Brighton for, for a week before that, and he had a lot of interest. Um, social media social media sort of um, maybe ballooned it out of proportion slightly with the clubs that were looking at him, but um, Crystal Palace asked if they could speak to him. So did Julian, so did a few other clubs as well. Um, but we, we, we left it to him. He had an agent. Um, and then we heard he was going to Crystal Palace. He played a couple of games for them. And previously, when I was sitting by, I, I took Lex Allen to Crystal Palace as well. It just happened to be. Um, unfortunately, he, he didn't get the deal at the time, but but Jacob did. Um, so, you know, he's got all the attributes, physical attributes. And like I said um, to someone the other day, it'll be 
getting coached every day with the best coaches and that will give them the best opportunity to play as high as possible um, with the physical attributes you, you can't sort of teach. So, you know, it's, it's a great opportunity for himself and um, hopefully he can take it with both hands. Before you came to Ramsgate, did, did you know much about Jacob? Did you think he was a player who possibly could go on to that sort of level? Um, obviously, he comes through the Ramsgate um, Academy um, that we've got. Um, TJ, another one of our players, is, is becoming a regular on our side also. And um, I think it just shows the importance of, of bringing you through locally. Um, but um, I've, I've heard of him, you know, and I'll see him play a couple of times. And when we, you know, you could see that he's definitely got, he's got something about him. Um, you know, but he's still raw and he's got a lot to learn because he's not played a lot of football at this level. So, you know, fair play to Lloyd and that they, they trusted in him and they gave him the opportunity, you know, and um, nurtured him through the last year or whatever it was. So they should take, the, you know, the credit and obviously the, the, the youth structure and everything else at Ramsgate. And I just continue to sort of believe in him and give him the opportunity because um, well, he's got a lot of pace, you know, and he... Um, uh, that's that's quite a rarity at our level for centre halves to have too much pace. So uh, it, it was a good comp- you know complement of one another. If it be George Crimin or Luke Wheatley, whoever it was that played alongside him, that had that pace and they had the experience to, to you know to walk him through the game as well. So um, you know, as I said, he's got a lot to learn, but hopefully training every day with with the, with, with coaches and, and you know hopefully he can go on to that next level. And finally, on the Rams, um, Phoenix on Saturday, a club that you obviously know well. Yeah, I was yeah I was there for a, for a few months at the beginning of the season, and um, I know a lot of the I'm still in contact with a lot of the, the, the lads down there, and I think they're having a night out actually. I'm sat after they're trying to get me involved in which I'm not allowed to, so <laughs> I'll be going out there. But no, it's um, to see some um, you know so some some faces, some friendly faces, and. Um, you know, half after that 90 minutes, we'll, we'll catch up in the bar after. But obviously, there's a job to do first and foremost. And obviously, just finally, you mentioned Luke Wheatley um, in there a minute ago. And obviously, he's at Canterbury. A big game on Saturday. I mean, obviously, you want people to come to Ramsgate. But what do you make of that Canterbury against Cray Valley tie? It's fantastic, isn't it, for both um, involved. Um, and then one more potential 90 minutes or extra time and penalties potentially and then um, a potential trip to Wembley so what an opportunity and when they asked me about Luke Wheatley because of their centre-half situation um, he played a couple of games like in a row for us because uh, he's been a bit in and out this season with us because we've got a few centre-halves at the club and I put it to him really I just said look you don't get many opportunities to play in the which was at the time the quarterfinal of the Vars in their previous round, and he had a you know um, a little while to think about it. But you know he said, "Oh, I'm obviously going to be sacrificing my place in the team." But you know, not many people can say they've played in the quarterfinal, semi-final of the Vars and potential trips to Wembley. So I put it in his corner, and he he said, "Look, I'm going to give it a go, Nick, and you can't blame him, can you?" So you know, um, and obviously we helped Canterbury out slightly with that as well. So good luck to him, and you know. Good luck to both clubs. Seems we're going pretty well for Nick, though. I didn't realise that they hadn't um, won in six games before I spoke to him, Matt. Um, but not in, not losing many games at the moment. They just need to get to the end of the season and, and sort of keep on going because the, the the pieces are there for a very the start of a very good side. Yeah, I think um, uh, Nick Davis knows that you know very experienced manager or player at this level um, knows what what he's doing. In, I think again, blooding in the youngs, as we mentioned in the report there. That so I got to Palace from Ramsgate. I think um, Ramsgate are a club in development. Again, we thought that would be this season. Again, when they started it with under Lloyd Black, when it hasn't really worked out. But Nick Davis, I think he's a passionate man. He's a good coach. He, he can take try and take him to the next level. And hopefully, the Devon Bostick South Division can be a bit more competitive for the Kent sides. I know Cray are doing well, Ashford doing well, but for the rest of them, I think they've all badly underachieved. Yeah, and I think Ramsgate is a, an interesting project because there is the potential there and Paul Bowden-Brown's obviously come in and you can see they're really trying to push things up. And I read a stat as well that they're the only team uh, in the whole league that Craig Wanderers haven't beaten this season. So that says quite a bit about their um, about their abilities and, and, and how they're shaping up, doesn't it? And, and you know, that they've got some good players there, players that we know. Um, you also heard him there talking about the Vars and Luke Wheatley too. Um, but Ramsgate, there's just something there. And I think that, Quietly, he, he wouldn't say it, but quietly, I think they, they, they might be thinking next year could be their year. 
Yeah, if he can bring in players, you know, you said he had a few targets um, when he's been manager at other clubs, uh, VCD's been involved in, so he knows a player at that level who can probably take him to the next level. You think how many years ago that Ramsgate were in the Ryman Premier Playoffs, they nearly got into Conference South under the wards, so um, again, they were really overachieving at that time, but I think right end of the um, Devon Bostick South is probably where they should be. Can they support a Ryman Premier Club? You never know, they you know, when they were saying division as Margate at one stage, but Paul Bowden-Brown, you know, he had his critics there, but he goes in and works to football clubs and tries to do things his way. Could be there. He knows that division as well. So it could be interesting times for Ramsgate. It certainly could. Elsewhere in that division, Cray Wanderers were beaten for only the second time this season as they lost 3-2 at Hastings, despite taking a two-goal lead inside the first six minutes. However, they're still 13 points clear. So you would think that it's a matter of when rather than if for Cray Wanderers. Yeah, I, I, I knew it was two all. I didn't realise I knew it was early goals in that game. They'll be disappointed with that. I think only second defeat all season. The Hastings are normally very good at home and will be uh, one of the sides who'll be looking to, to go up. They always seem to blow it in the playoffs, Hastings. So there's no shame in that. Now just Craig needs to get back on the horse and get a, a few points in because you know, they should keep going on with not many games left in that division. The next couple of weeks, they should be able to secure the title. Yeah, and interestingly, I was looking elsewhere in the Bostick. All four Bostick divisions have a clear, clear leader. I think it seems like 15, 16 points clear, including Hayes and Yedding, who we've spoken about before because there's a pub that you like just around the corner from there, Matt. Um, they have scored 115 goals in the South Central Division, have a goal difference of plus 86. They hit six casually away from home on Saturday, just so you know. Right, yeah, interesting, Hayes and Yelling. Well, they're coming back on the, you know, the, the, the high, 150, I don't think you imagine the City have scored that many this season. 115 goals. Cool, how many games they played? Uh, that I don't know. I, I had I just got the stat earlier on. I will double check that for you now. But um, they're near the end of the season. Um, so there must be 30 odd games. So they're averaging nearly four a game. I think at one stage they were, weren't they? I think 31 games played, 115 goals scored. Nice. So nearly four, four, and they've only conceded 29 as well. So. Um, they, they've won that league have they how many points are clear 14 points clear with uh, what 8 games left to play no, so looking pretty clear and in the uh, in the north division as well which I thought I'd look up Bowers and Pitsy are 12 points clear at the top um, and I looked I, the thing that piqued my interest there was I saw a couple of names that I recognised David Knight I don't know if you remember him uh, used to score a lot of goals for Hornchurch he's now rocked up at Bowers and Pitsy so they're finding things uh, they've only conceded 20 goals all season as well so um, interesting how these divisions have all ended up being quite um, with a clear, clear leader. Well, yeah, interesting. Normally quite tight division. Be interesting to see. But again, I guess I don't know because we know all the playoff situation is a bit of a farce this year. We'll go on to that probably in a couple of weeks' time. But maybe one of these other sides is sort of right. We're not going to catch the leader. We've just got to make sure we do our job in the middle to get in the playoffs and then go from there. But I know head to heads come. Not head to head. Yeah, best. Points per game could come yeah. into this, couldn't it? Yeah, so interesting. Exactly. Um, elsewhere in the Bostick South East Division on Saturday, it was Ashford 1, East Grinstead 0. A thriller at Salters Lane. Faversham 3, VCD Athletic 4. Hernbay 2, Guernsey 2. Uh, Phoenix Sports 1, Seven Oaks 0. Whitstable 2, Sittingbourne 1. And Whitstable followed that up on Tuesday as well with a 4-1 win over VCD Athletic who ended the game with nine men. Um, this weekend, Cray will try to get back on track against Haywards Heath. Um, while uh, Faversham are in Guernsey Ashford go to Horsham it's Ramgate against Phoenix Seven Oaks against Greenwich Borough Sittingbourne against Hightown VCD Athletic against Herne Bay and Whiteleaf against Whitstable Town in the Bostick League Premier Division not a single goal was conceded by our trio of sides uh, they went up in goals as well Folkestone drew 0-0 at Leatherhead Margate continued down on beating runner to Jay Saunders with a 1-0 win over Merston. And informed Tunbridge Angels kept well in the playoff hunt with a 2-0 victory for them over Corinthian Casuals. It's, it's looking good for Tunbridge Angels now, Matt. Yeah, I think not scoring many, but they're keeping clean sheets, which is a good sign at this start of the season. I think they're, they're third place in the division, I think, the last time I saw. So uh, they're on the right track, Tunbridge Angels. They had that bit of a good start of the season, then that bit of a blip, but now the uh, curve is going up for them. Yeah, and some of the sides, they wouldn't want to play them, I think, uh, if they get to the, the late it goes into the playoffs it's game looking pretty solid and speaking to Matt Davison when I saw him last week they've got a midfielder in there and he said he's been a real revelation in the middle of the park so yeah good stuff for the Angels and uh, fingers crossed they can go there and Margate good job that Jay Saunders is doing bit of good looking at it now the um, Roman Premier it, it, it's looking a lot better than it was probably in a couple of months ago for our sides it certainly is Margate 14th folks in our 8th but only 
Um, four points outside the playoffs, and Summer James are uh, four points inside the playoff places after that. But what's interesting about Summer James is they're, they're much better at, away from home than they are at home, Matt, because they've only lost four on the road and won ten, whereas they've lost seven of their games at Longmead and have uh, just and have eight wins there. So um, interesting that Angels make it into the playoffs and they're not really fancy being at home in uh, at all, really. Yeah, interesting. Normally, uh, that, I think that's the home form early in the season. They started losing games at home. It was only away, the away form was keeping them at the top, near the top. Then they had a bit of a blip there. But yeah, but I, I think Steve McKim's side, any side in that division, if they've got their players fit and on form, they're a threat to any side in that division. Yeah, into the Southern Counties East League as well, because there are still league matches going on. Um, and on Saturday, Corinthian extended their lead at the top with a 7-1 win over uh, Crowborough. And to keep himself top again, we have Mike Golding uh, on the show on Monday night. So do give that a listen back. He was uh, talking about their 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 chances and doing very well. Um, so they're still top of the table. The Cray Valley are still lurking behind them, but they are now. There's now it, the league table is showing that it's still in Corinthians' hands. If Corinthians win all of their games, they'll be the league champions. So that is that, that's the target for them, isn't it? Yeah, from that point of view, how many games? Got seven games to go. They're in good form. Um, was how he came across, uh, very, you know, very measured. Um, he, as he admitted, he didn't think they'd be in this position, but now they're in this position. They don't want to throw it away. So um, they know what they're going to do, win all your games. The form shows that they're in excellent form. They could be uh, shock winners of the division because I don't think any of us tipped that before the start of the season. No, indeed. Elsewhere on Saturday, it was AFC Croydon, Neil Hollands and Blair 1, Beersted 2, Fisher 4, Chatham 2, Croydon nil. Uh, Irith Town 2, Beckenham Town 1 and Lords with 3, K-Sports nil. And then on Wednesday night, Beckenham beat Tunbridge Wells 2-1 and Hollands and Blair made it back-to-back wins with a 2-0 win over Croydon themselves. Uh, also on Tuesday, it was K-Sports nil, Deal Town 1 and Lords with 1, Russell 1. But Hollands and Blair, Matt, um, certainly doing the job with Paul Piggott back at the helm. He's gone in there, you know, I think he was director of football, he was involved with chairman on that, maybe a fresh pair of eyes, fresh voice, and, and, it, and it's working working well for them. So, uh, yeah, onwards and upwards, he probably doesn't want to, you know, carry that on, they probably don't want the season to end, do they, really? No, and I think it might be two down from that division. So the relegation battle there is actually very interesting because, uh, obviously, you've got Croydon at the bottom, they, they're well adrift, they've just got seven points um, from their from their fixtures so far this season. And Rustall have got 18, uh, they are 19th, and only three points in front of them, although they do have two games in hand, are Punjab, and Hollands and Blair are a point further in front of them. So two from four there, Matt, and, and it really could go any way, really. I, I suppose you could say Hollands and Blair, Rustall, Punjab, between them, are probably fighting for, for two places for survival, and one of them will go down, and, and that could really go either way, couldn't it? Yeah, I think, um, yeah, we mentioned Punjab on the show on on uh, Monday that you know they maybe found the leap up a little bit difficult they're on a poor run of form at the moment so they won't want to come back down after what they've done and the other side's turning into form it should be it's an interesting division in the I think the last couple of seasons have been really interesting so we've got promotion um, plays and also um, relegation things to worry about so a real exciting division yeah this weekend uh, in the league it's Beckham against Punjab Crowber against Hollands and Blair, Croydon against Cray Sports, Deal against AFC Croydon, Lordswood against Chatham, isn't that El Chabico? Uh, Rustall against Beersted, Sheffield United against Glebe, and Tunbridge Wells against Fisher. Um, in the first division uh, uh, this week, it was FC Elmstead 1, Irith and Belvedere 3 on Saturday, Greenways 1, Forest Hill Park 2, Lewisham, Bar and Neil, Sutton Athletic 5, Meridian BP 1, Brydon Ropes 2, Rochester 2, Lid 3. Snodland 1, Welling 4, Sporting Club Tensme 2, Homsdale 1 and Stansfeld 2, Kennington 3 and then on Tuesday night it was FC Elmstead 0, Snodland 0 and in the first division it was Brydon Ropes uh, this weekend so the fixtures, Brydon Ropes against Rochester, Irith and Belvedere against Lewis Shambara, Forest Hill Park against Kent Football United, Greenways against SC Tensme, Kennington against Meridian VP, Phoenix Sports Reserves against FC Olmsted, Stansfeld against Holmesdale and Sutton Athletic against Lid Town. I didn't mention it last week because it happened uh, in between the record and, and the edit, but that game between Wellington and Irvine and Belvedere the other week was an absolute snorter, Matt. Did you see about that one? No, no, I missed that. What was it all about? Uh, it ended it's a 4-0, wasn't it? It ended up 4-3 to, uh, to Wellington yeah. in the end. Um, but I think they took the lead and uh, the, the scores have actually disappeared off the Skeffer website. But it was an absolutely thrilling game of football. It looked like Irith and Belvedere were going to uh, get a, a massive win in that title race. 
but it ended up being 4-3 to Wellingtown. So um, the other news as well for the scaffold this week, and we did touch on this on the radio show, but we didn't really talk about it, is Simbins. So next year, temporary dismissal Simbins will be introduced at Step 5 and Step 6, so into both divisions of the scaffold. Um, this will mean that anyone who is, shows dissent will be... Instead of being yellow carded for it, they'll have to go and sit in a sim bin for 10 minutes. Uh, what do you make of that one, Matt? Um, I don't really think it's... Eventually, it's going to go for the whole levels. To me, yellow card's a yellow card. You know, you're turning into ice hockey there and people will say they've got a power play now well in town in their game. So, for me, no, don't, you know, football's been fiddled with numerous times. I don't think dissent and... Telling the referee to ref off is going to get you a, sit you in the sim bin for ten minutes. So um, I think players need to learn about it. Pointless exercise, in my opinion. But hopefully that will make them learn because it's always a frustration when you hear people sh- shouting and swearing at match officials. You know, we we want people we want people to go, especially our non-league teams, families. We want them to to be going along. We want young kids to be going along, and they don't want to see players effing and jeffing at match officials, you know. But the, the problem with this is, it's got to be a blanket ban. If one person swears at the referee, right, you're going to the sim bin. They've got to be strong about it, otherwise there is absolutely no point. Yeah, again, certain things. If you did tell the referee, if, you know, not in a, an aggressive manager, come, you know, beep, beep, off ref, that's a terrible decision. Would that be classed as a yellow card normally? So, again, I don't really know how to get it. What class of dissent because some referees may let you get away with it so it'll be interesting to see how it works what card do they also, what card do they give you a green card because you've seen bin again and also also it's you know difficult this level the level's there to get four three officials now you've got somebody who's going to sit in the little box record typing it or um, recording him for 10 minutes to make sure he doesn't come back on so hopefully you know, I maybe I've done a distant without actually looking into it and seeing it in action. I presume the FA thinks it's worked well in other divisions uh, and they're going to give it a go. But I would have thought it would go any higher than this. Well, it's, it'll be interesting to see how it pans out. I'll certainly be trying to make my way to a game in that competition, in, in that at that level very early next season to try and see how it all pans out because it certainly is a, a very, very interesting one. Anyway, that's pretty much it for this week's Kent Nonny podcast. Um, thanks to everyone for listening. Thanks to Nick Davis for giving up his time to chat to me earlier in the week. And um, please, as I've already said, do download our programme for Monday night uh, from BBC Radio Kent. It was a really, really good listen. Um, it was uh, it was fascinating for fans of the scaffold. So uh, I would recommend that you listen to that. Uh, in the meantime, you can find us on Twitter at Kent NL Podcast. Um, you can also find us on Facebook. We're at Kent Non-League. Uh, you can find our sponsors for this week, uh, Bay Lodge Guesthouse in Eastbourne, on, with a Google search will take you straight to their website, www.baylodge.org.uk. You can also find them on Facebook, Bay Lodge Eastbourne. And oh, we all Eastbourne needs! In, that is exactly correct. Uh, I, I think they've definitely had value for money for all these showers they've had today, uh, the Bay Lodge Guesthouse in Eastbourne. Um, but yes, what was it again? Bay Lodge Guesthouse in Eastbourne. Right. Yeah. Thanks, mate. Yeah, perfect. But if you'd like to follow in their footsteps and uh, be sponsored, be a sponsor of the Kent Nolling podcast, do please give us a shout, uh, and we'd love to uh, to be in touch. So get in touch with us on social media, and we'll 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 have a, a conversation with you. Uh, but in the meantime, thanks to everyone for listening. Um, I'm John Phipps. He is Matt Gerard, and we will speak to you next week. www.baylodgeguest. Ah, oh, fantastic place. <laughs>